The truck wars are heating up and we just picked up a brand new Chevrolet Silverado 1500. Also, Mercedes-Benz introduced their new EQC SUV, part of their new plans for electrification. And we answer your questions next on Talking Cars. Hi everyone and welcome back. I'm John Linkove. I'm Jennifer Stockberger. And I'm Ryan Pizlikowski. And some announcements this week about uh, new electric vehicles. We've also got the new Chevrolet Silverado in our test fleet. Yeah. We'll talk about mm -hmm. that with the Ram. And then we have viewer questions. So a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. Let's jump in, Jen. Okay. Mercedes-Benz introduced their, or showed their new EQC, all electric SUV, you can tell us about it. Right, so this is a, you know, the first in Mercedes EQ line of electric vehicles, so that's kind of a big deal. Electric intelligence is what it stands for, <laughs> right. right? And C means that it's kind of C-class base size. C-class platform, right. right. So it right. all has meaning, right. I wondered what the German word for intelligence was that made it a Q, but yeah. anyway, different <laughs> issue. But anyway, um, fully electric, um, 402 horsepower right, rating, right, right. Um, 80 kilowatt battery, floor mounted, which means some of the space stuff maybe isn't an issue. Two electric motors if, for all-wheel drive, mm -hmm. right, right? So you get all-wheel drive. Um, so, but more so, it's kind of the industry that the big players are beginning to introduce electric vehicle lines. Right. We like, talked about Volkswagen, you know, Mercedes. So Tesla yeah. has the Model right. X. Jaguar right. has the. Now let me get this right. The I-Pace. The E-Pace is not electric. The I-Pace is the electric, right? right. right. Um, you know, so Ryan, it's it's kind of a GLC, Mercedes-Benz yep. GLC SUV. Mm -hmm. What do you think of that model? And do you think it would translate well to electric? Yeah, I mean, it all sounds really good, actually, because the GLC we liked mm -hmm. uh, quite a bit here at the test track. I know I liked it. Um, if they can make it actually go 200 miles. Right, I think that's the key. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And it's, um, it is that size of the GLC. I think they have something. Um, the prices is probably not going to be low <laughs> i mean let's face it yeah that's the unfortunate part i think but maybe maybe it'll be reasonable i don't know um but i think they'll have something if they can do that yeah know? um i mean they claim that uh you could charge in 40 minutes right. uh, the battery can depending on the status of the charge right. you know there, there's a lot of caveats with this with this announcement yeah. right now um in from almost 80 percent, from 10 percent to 80 percent right. in 40 minutes right but does it mean something big for the industry or, I, or where does it fit i think it, it's good news for the um you know electrification industry if you will mm -hmm. i don't know what you want to call it but um mercedes is a big name and they have the uh, infrastructure and the the knowledge know-how to do this stuff um on a bigger scale i think than even tesla you know if they if it works if they can you know figure that out but you uh, know well you, you know you raise a good point and, and you know jen tesla kind of right. what proof of concept in a sense you know mercedes they're established like Ryan right said. right maybe more i mean you, we joke about german engineering and the rigidness but that could probably that's probably a good thing in this case that yeah. they're going to make the technology and they might have work. been all this time sitting back a little bit watching learning figuring they could you know, who knows right. what they have up their sleeve they right. could they yep. could do something impressive and I, I, I find it interesting diesel was their way when when it was hybrid and electric right. the germans were like nine you know we are we are going with diesel <laughs> Diesel is the way to go, right. and all of a sudden, this is scandal. A big, this is a big deal that they're they're accepting the fact that maybe electrification is the right. way. Exactly. I exactly. Well, I think there's two. You talked about there's two tipping points. One, Ryan just mentioned the 200 miles. Now, electrics are a mm -hmm. practical vehicle right. that that you can actually get somewhere without having to charge. And you talked about Tesla, and I think that's kind of a 
hesitation for others. Tesla did a huge thing in that they not just made the car, they built the infrastructure right, and the charging right. stations. Right. We have not seen that from others introducing electric vehicles. Volkswagen has the plan as part of their, right. their kind of um, their penalty, yeah. you know, their punishment for the diesel scandal. Right. But we haven't seen it yet, like right. you said. But I, I think those two need to go hand in hand, that you mm -hmm. can get somewhere, charge, and get back. I have a question for both of you. So, okay, is 200 miles or around 200 miles acceptable for both of you, and or either of you? And also, would you buy an electric? Big toss-up. Ladies so first. I think 200 miles is the key. 300 would be even better. Sure. Um, More is better. for me, and again, we're here in rural Connecticut, that infrastructure is not there. Right. So for me, and you know, we I think I've mentioned we have a place in Vermont. I'm not going to Vermont and finding a no. Tesla or any other charging station. Right. They're getting there. We just passed a coffee shop. We were in Vermont over the weekend. Three charging stations in Newfane, Vermont, new coffee Tesla? shop. Tesla? Uh, I think they were Tesla. Okay. I didn't get close, okay. yep. but three Tesla charging yeah. stations in this little rural town in Vermont. Yeah. So it's coming. What about you, Ryan? Um, no, I, not yet. Um, I mean, if they start getting up over 200 miles and you can, there's, you know, there's more to choose from at right. a lower price, I could see maybe having a second vehicle. Yep. Um, but right now I'm, and I, I forget to charge this thing. I, you know, it's just, it, I could not have just <laughs> one car. I'm a dingbat. I right. would forget and it would just be not good. Oh, Trust me. oh shoot. I'm going to charge again. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think though I would, I'd be walking, I'd be riding my bike half the time. I, I swear I'd forget. You but, have to keep in the back. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, where I live, if I worked in the city of Hartford, because I'm, mm -hmm. I'm outside of that, that would work. Right. If, if the men, if, if my employer had charging, I mean, we have them here, but, you know, it's a different situation. Right. Um, that would work. Um, and, and family's close enough. But, yeah, if I if a trip to Boston would be mm -hmm. one of those tic-tac-toe, you right. know, make, you connect the dots to yeah. charge. And, and, you know, goodness <laughs> forbid there's weather, traffic jams on right. I-90, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it it kind of leads to another question that we had from someone um, about hybridization, electrification of cars. And I, and I want to read it um, because it refers to the Ram e-torque system. We'll get to that. Recently, I saw a review of the 2019 Ram 1500. Can you explain what e-torque is and how it is or is not beneficial? Is it kind of like a hybrid? Jen, do you want to jump on that one? Right. So it is kind of like a hybrid, mm -hmm. a mild hybrid. We've mm -hmm. used that word, mild hybrid. So in that they are using an electric motor to, one, help the stop-start technology. Right. And I will say... I found found it seamless. I wasn't sure it had it. It was so seamless. Right, restarts. And, yeah, stops at restarts, traffic lights and restarts. Like I was like, oh, is it even right. stopping? And it was. Um, and then it's the other piece of that is this 48 volt power system, which is you know there's so much running electrically right. now um, that they're having you know this 48 volt platform um, is going to be necessary to run all these. I mean, things, we said but, it. it Right. Online, we said the system, the 48-volt system provides a short bump in power delivery, right. uh, regenerative braking, Chrysler estimates this mild hybrid system, so that's what they're calling it, 10% right. boost in fuel economy. So we have it it's in a, testing. Yeah, it's a unique system. I mean, it's, it's right. kind of a, it's a giant alternator battery system, mm -hmm. and it acts as an alternator when you're cruising along, but it gives Char you a little boost. Right. On the V8 model, it gives you 130 foot-pounds of torque. Right, instant. Taking off. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's a big deal. That's You use a lot of fuel just getting the vehicle moving a lot of time. Yeah. And um, any little bit helps, so it's a, it's, it's unique. Well, you know, we're, we're putting the RAM through testing, and we'll have fuel economy numbers coming up. Right. But it perfectly leads into a huge competitor in the giant pickup truck market, right. the new Chevrolet Silverado. And 
it's about, it's 48,380, the Ram that we're testing, 50,820. We all drove it. We all have been putting some miles on it. Um, both of you tow. So, Jen, let's go first how it performs the tow vehicle. Right. So, so I think the powertrain's very good. I think it'll be great. Um, it is a bit more trucky mm -hmm. riding. So, in towing or when it has stuff in the bed, I think it will ride better when you can settle down that rear end a yep. little bit. Um, and, and personally, it's a little more bare bones interior. Yeah. But I think, again, you're talking to someone who uses a truck for a truck. We have hay and grain and shavings every single week in the back of our truck. And I think sometimes when you're covered, <clears throat> excuse me, covered in horsehair, you don't necessarily want that plush of an interior. Whatever you're you know doing. what I mean? I want <laughs> yeah. it to be cleanable. So I, I actually kind of liked the more sparse. Is that the right word? Spartan. Interior. Yeah, yeah. Again, yeah. it's a $50,000 truck, but yeah, yeah. I kind of liked that it was more on kind of the functional side. Ryan, boat yeah, towing or... Yeah, no, so I agree with Jen. Um, the, it's, it's firm. It rides like a truck. Um, but it's also, it was designed to carry loads and whatnot. Um, I actually had weight in both of these trucks. Um, okay, the Ram and... Yeah, none of this is scientific or this is right. objective data. This is subjective. Like, um, the Ram, I had probably 400 pounds in the back of the Ram, and it, it sat down a little bit. I was surprised. Okay. But it also rides really nice without weight in it. Right. Well, it has coil springs <laughs> in right. it versus exactly. a leaf, so um, it, it has a better ride overall, yeah. unladen. Exactly. Um, I had probably a little less weight than that in the Silverado, and it settled the truck down. I yeah, mean, right. it, it, I, I think it even shifted a little better. It so the Ram was more like this in the exactly, settling, right. yeah. and the, and the Silverado didn't, didn't squat, but it rode nicer because yeah. it had right. some weight in the bed. But it's designed that way. Um, I think it's going to be maybe more of a, a little more of a rugged work truck than the Ram, but uh, depends on what you're looking for, you know. Um, well, and that's that's a key question because what is, what are people looking for? Because right. you know, in, in my town, right, a lot of in Johnstown, a lot a lot of people buy really loaded trucks. Right. And you never see them towing. Right. You never right. see them carrying a load. Right. The right. biggest load they carry is, you know, the family coming back from maybe Costco right. or, you know, some kind of <laughs> yeah. big box store. You know, and there's sixty, seventy thousand dollar trucks. Right. And, and the ride right. can't be, yeah, right, you look great, but the ride can't be that enjoyable. They're almost like, well, you, you said. Well, depending on the truck. Right. And so in a right. Ram, it probably is very enjoyable. Sure, sure. You yeah. go back. Do you remember back in the, we used to do in our ride comfort, a full load ride. We actually loaded up the bed yeah. and then judged the ride based on a, a full, um, via, you know, full bed. What we found is people, to your point, people aren't using them like no. that, so we don't even do that test. They're like an anymore. SUV without so, without a cover. Yeah, so I would encourage people, you know, if you're between, mm -hmm. I don't know what the right way to get a full load. In maybe bring some sandbags or something along sure, and sure. do maybe a test drive both ways yeah. before you complete. If you're going to use it loaded, don't judge it completely on its, right. on its unladen yeah, you, ride. You touched on something about the price, and I, I, I looked them yeah. looked at them both. I mean, the Ram feels nicer. Um, it has has more features, really, than yeah. for not much yeah. more money. I mean, we're looking at, yeah. uh, you know, maybe $2,200 in our test vehicles. It has XM. It has right. a larger screen with Uconnect, which is... The GM one's good. Yep. Uconnect's better. It is better. It has power folding mirrors and a power sliding rear window. Now, the GM truck has a huge rear window right. that makes it easy to see out, but that venting is nice. Um, 
parking sensors front and rear, which yep. helps with a truck because the, the right. front you end. You cannot see over it. Right? The key thing, I mean, again, let's just make a round number. 50 grand. I know. <laughs> neither of them has advanced safety gear. Right. The, the, the Ram has a little bit of a parking assist in the, for the back. Yep. It'll stop if it thinks it's going to hit something. But no a automatic emergency braking. No forward collision warning. Not even blind spot. And again, you got some big blind spots in trucks. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's a disappointment right. to me. That's something that I thought was interesting is the Silverado's, at least the 1500 has always been a lower truck. This truck's tall. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, yeah. it's going, I think, climb. after, you know, Ford's always has these big brawny grills and they're tall. The Ram actually seems lower and the Silverado right. went up. Mm -hmm. and, um, I needed the handle. The, the hood, I noticed <laughs> it's, it, it's big yeah. and it's, yep. uh, it's a little bit to look around. The steering is still better. I think the, this has the best steering out of the three trucks, mm -hmm. uh, F-150 included. I don't. I don't care for the steering and the, that or the Ram, um, but it's a big truck, you know, either way. I was just going to say, I'm also looking for stuff that makes shorter stature, you know, women buying trucks, which mm -hmm. again, we've talked about, there's a lot of horse women that's in the Silverado, that step in the, in the bumper that lets you get in the really bed, true. Yeah. the assisted gates, you know, the Silverado had a power yep. lift gate. They're, most It'll of drop. them are easier now. Um, grab handles to get in. All of them had sure. that. Adjustable pedals. Silverado did not have the adjustable pedals. Another one, right? Ram yeah. does. F-150 does. Yeah. So things like that that make it easier for someone who's a little shorter. Right. It, it's, it's an important truck for GM in the sense of, A, they compete with Ford for the best-selling vehicle in America right. each yeah. year. Not Ton truck. Vehicle. <laughs> vehicle, right, right. No not, small, not just truck. Right. Um, and secondly, it is going to be the basis, the platform basis for their SUVs. So the Chevrolet Suburban the Chevrolet Tahoe, right. the GMC Yukon, the GMC Yukon XL, yep. the big ones. And the last generation, they didn't launch Silverado well, according to the Consumer Reports Annual Auto Survey reliability right. data from our members. And those trucks also Hurt had the problems. Yeah. Hurt the they others, also right. had reliability. Yep. So we'll see, getting yeah. them through testing in the next couple, couple right. weeks. Um, we're gonna move to questions right now, because we've got a lot of great ones. We had that one about e-torque, but we've right. got a- we threw uh, the e-torque in up there. Right? right, you know, so the first one, we have a video question about all-weather tires. Take it away. Hey, Talking Cars. So, I've been thinking of getting some snow tires for my new Ridgeline, but I really don't want to change the tires over every few, every six months. I saw your reviews on some all-weather tires from Toyo, Celsius CUV, Goodyear, Weather Readies and some Nokian WRG3s or G4s that are new, I guess. I'm in the same state as you guys, and I don't need to go to work when it's extremely bad, but I do need to be able to drive when it is snowing. Are these new all-weather tires decent enough, especially in something like a Ridgeline that's pretty heavy? I'm leaning towards the Weather Readies, but I also kind of like the Toyo Celsius CUV. Thank you. Have a great day. Okay, really good question and something we hear from people a lot about type of, type of tire for the transitional weather. Mm -hmm. Ryan, our, our black donut expert, <laughs> expert. <laughs> what should this gentleman do? Um, so it's a great question because it's actually, this is, this is the exact situation why these tires were designed for, um, or what they were designed for. People that um, do, have, do encounter snow, but don't want to be hassled with the tire changeover. Um, actually, we just got done testing um, our last all-season program and um, uh, car tires, mm -hmm. and there's actually five um, all-weather models that we tested in the performance all-season group, and um, they actually there's a they, there's a, a good spread. I mean, we have a couple at the top, middle, and then closer to the bottom, and um, they're a great. 
uh, I think they're a great compromise. They are still a compromise. All tires are always a compromise. Um, in what way are they a compromise? Like, well, you, you know, you can't have a tire that is amazing in snow and then is amazing on uh, wet, you know, wet roads. Right. Okay. Um, it's just, it's, some, these, there is one. skew more towards snow. Right, yeah. But yeah, but give um, up maybe something else. So, um, yeah, I mean, I could I'd definitely recommend an all-weather tire. Um, mm -hmm. Take a look at our ratings. We just came out with a new, um, all, all new ratings, and there's five different models in there. Um, if, you know, that doesn't work, if you, you right. can't maybe find something that fits your, you know, there, the next best thing is really a, a set of snow tires on wheels ready to go, and you can, you know, go to a local tire place and they'll uh, mount them for you, maybe even store your other tires so you don't have to deal with that. True, I know true. sometimes storage is an issue. Um, can you give us a rundown just in the brands that are making them? And also, are, are there any any uh, worries that he may have? Because I think they're kind of limited. It's, it's, it's interesting. You look, you can look at these tires, and they, they all look radically different. I mean, the, the, the Michelin looks almost like a summer tire, but they do it all with compounding. The grip comes from compounding. Right. Um, the Nokian looks like a snow tire. Um, it's, it's really unique. But it's um, usable on dry roads. And exactly. If you look at our ratings, you'll see the benefits of each. So, right. So, consumerreports.org, we've got our ratings, and we might have some, some free content up there, too. But members can go to consumerreports.org. Also, send us your video questions. We really like those. Text it to talkingcards at iCloud.com. Send them in via our YouTube site. Wherever we can get questions from you, we want to answer them. So moving on, we have a question from a young viewer who's buying his first car. Hi, I'm 15. I love cars, and I'm coming up on buying my first one. I live in a place that snows a lot, and my parents want me to buy a car with either 4x4 or all-wheel drive. I have no idea what to look into, and I have a budget of about $10,000. What should I get? So first, I'm going to steal Jen's game because my, my you know game. everyone has to come with a suggestion. But I'm going to go, going to, go to Jen first because Jen maintains a list of top used cars for teens. Right. Fits right in here. Jen, right. go. At the risk of being repetitive, just to say, you know, we, we try to balance not too big, not too small, not too fast, not too slow. Obviously reliable, obviously full of safety features. The Goldilocks of we, cars, Yeah, right? kind of the Goldilocks, yeah. and that's how we narrow that teen driver list. So my pick was, I mean, my gut at first was to go to all the Subarus, you know, reliable. I think, you know, I said I've at least one for my own daughter. Um, but if you look, their resale prices are a little higher. So where I ended up for him is a RAV4. Toyota RAV4. Yeah, 2009 or later, excellent reliability. ESC was standard. I would really like you to get something with electronic stability control. Um, regardless of what you buy, please look for that. Um, Four-cylinder, so it's not too quick. Um, but fuel efficient. Fuel efficient. Mm -hmm. Reliability was excellent. Room, your all-wheel drive. That's where I settled on, okay. RAV4. Ryan, what did you bring to the table? <laughs> so I went down the Subaru road <laughs> um, just because they, you know, all-wheel drive and they, they do make um, great cars. Uh, a, a 2010 or later Legacy. Um, yep. I, I the Impreza is too small. I think the Legacy is a little bigger. It's um, a nicer car, I think, a little more solid. And like Jen said, definitely try to get stability control. Right. 100%. The, I, I was looking... There's some Hyundai Santa Fe's mentioned, yeah. Santa Fe Sport. There, there's, you know, I saw the Forester. So mm -hmm. I went with the Impreza. Ah. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, both of you knocked it. Um, we didn't I would knock say it. First, I just did it. Yeah, I, truly, I just did it. Right. So I'm not knocking it. I just was weighing out. But you both gave reasons not to choose it here. <laughs> <laughs> Non-turbo. 
key. Right. right. No WRX. No WRX. Okay. And That's, you look at the price range, you can see these twenty-two thousand. That's right. the WRX. Right. Exactly. And summer tires are, right. are super ultra high performance right. all seasons. Not going to give you snow grip. Um, you know, you, you can look two thousand ten to twelve. Yep. You know, it's yep. a lower end of it. You might get some high mileage. Yep. Um, also, the, you know, pretty good uh, reliability and owner satisfaction data from our annual annual auto yeah. survey of right. CR members. Yep. So right. I think. All, all great options. Right. You want to know the other one I threw in there? Toyota Matrix. There's just not a lot of them around. There is. Yeah. That was a great car. You got to put snows. He, yeah. he wants an all-wheel drive or right. four-wheel drive. Well, you can get all-wheel drive. Oh. Yeah, you could get an all-wheel yeah. drive. But I thought that was... Rare car. Yeah, rare car. Maybe right. not be able to find one. But proper, like, yeah. proper tires, though. That's on our list. Yeah. Right, so. right. In any case. Right. Okay, so we have one more. We have an electric vehicle hybrid question from a viewer in the Dominican Republic. Yeah. Hello from the Dominican Republic. Yeah, I, I, I love our international audience. It's, it's. I think it's the first one. First yeah. one from the island. And our, and our youthful. Yes. We have a lot of questions from the yes. uh, youngsters. Right. I like that. That's good. Well, they're texting. They're doing the texting. That's right. good. That's good. Uh, so let's start. Hello from the Dominican Republic. I spend over an hour in traffic every day, burning fuel and traveling five to eight miles at most. Sounds like he lives in San Francisco instead. <laughs> On weekends, I take the family to the mountains, which is a 200-mile round trip. I know hybrids and EVs are different animals, but which one would perform better in stop-and-go traffic driving environment? Mm. What do you think? We, we already talked so, about that. Right. So I think in his case, a hybrid is the perfect, perfect one. EVs yeah. would work for his commute, mm -hmm. but may not work for the travel into the mountains. Exactly what we said five minutes ago, that he's not going to find the charger in the right, mountain. Right, right. So to me, perfect person for a hybrid. And stop and go is actually where hybrids excel. Right. You know, you think of long commuter miles on the highway, that's actually not where they get their most benefit. It's in that stop and go, oh, right. in oh, the yeah. city, perfect car. So I would say absolutely go with hybrid. Then you have the option when you're on your weekend to the mountains that you have, right. have the, the backup. You don't need to worry about charging. I thought a Prius, Toyota Prius or a Prius V, the V's mm -hmm. a little bigger, going mm -hmm. to the mountains, you can carry some extra stuff. Um, you know, one thing, I was thinking about the charging infrastructure. You know, I mean, yeah. what do we see here in the States? It's, right, well, we just we were just talking about how there's, in Connecticut, we don't have that many, I mean, right. there are charges, but maybe in this area there isn't. And, you know, that deters me from wanting an right. electric right. car. Um, I don't know what it is down there. I, I, I can't imagine it's better than here. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in terms of frequency of chargers, but. So, you know, that that's one of the things I looked online uh, it seems like there's only one to two, one or two chargers. Maybe there's only one or two public chargers right. on the, in the Dominican so Republic. Can't have one at home, but yeah, right. right. Yeah. But still, and then we go to the, the the mileage of an EV or the range. You're gonna maybe get 200 at best, right. and that that's a Bolt or a Tesla right. Model Three. If you buy a Leaf, that's way low. Right. Yeah. It, batteries don't like heat. You're gonna be using <laughs> yeah. the AC a lot. Right. Yeah. You know that that range is gonna be lower. Any, any suggestions for him? Yeah, the only thing I added, and you're right, Prius, Prius V would be great with something maybe slightly larger if they're camping or going on sure. a bunch. I said Highlander Hybrid or RAV4 Hybrid. Sure. So mm -hmm. keeping sure. in that Toyota vein, but yeah. But what, what about people who maybe aren't living there but want an EV? There, right. there is some, some, some news about them, actually. Right, so we just published an article. It, it's an industry thing, but right now, if somebody's looking to get into the electric vehicle market, there is a glut, we actually mm. use that word, of used EVs in the used car market right. to be had for super reasonable um, 
we're, we're talking about a third of what their MSRP was. $10,000, you can get into a leaf or something like that, albeit not 200 miles range. Right. But if you wanted to pick up a second vehicle as a commuter vehicle, sure, sure. now is the time. We even said, what a great way to get new safety features in a $10,000 car. We talked about this young driver. It's hard to get ESC right. yet for under $10,000. You really got to look. But a brand new car, $10,000, great teen vehicle, Just great, off way lease to get, or something. great way to try it, great way to get a, a second car. Yeah, and yeah. if you live in that kind of situation I was talking about, you know, it's you have a commute 20 to 40 miles right. or you can charge, that that really works out. Yeah, you know? if you have the parking and the, the a charger at home, it would be awesome time. Yep. Well, you know, that article uh, and more about EVs and hybrids is free on consumerreports.org, and members can get our ratings on EVs and hybrids. That's going to do it for this episode. So remember to check the show notes. Also, send us those video and, and text questions to talkingcars at iCloud.com. We really want them, potentially for another uh, all-question episode right. down the road. <laughs> Thanks for watching, and we'll see you next time.